Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Ben Rogers. I've been a Christian most of my life, and I don't think I've ever come across this passage before, which either means the Lord has been steering me away from it because it's too challenging, or all my church leaders today have just been avoiding it. (laughs) I suspect it might be the latter, but we're going to tackle it head on today. Um, It's the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus. So Emma's just pulling that up on screen. So it says there was a rich man who was dressed in fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And I don't know if we have the... Second bit, but it goes on to say, he answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Now, hopefully you haven't just got Father Abraham in your head after reading that, which is what my wife had all of last night. Um, But we, um, so we have this story. We don't know entirely whether it's a parable or a factual story. It's certainly in the style of the parables that Jesus tells. But that doesn't stop it having a really clear message about, firstly, our eternal salvation, and secondly, God's eternal justice. And to summarise that message, I'm going to call on the words of the philosopher Russell Crowe, who plays Maximus in Gladiator, because I was watching it over the weekend. He has this great quote where he says, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And there's sort of epic music in the background and all of that. But it's a really great quote, and I think it summarises a lot of what's coming out in this passage. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Uh, I know it's a bit sad to quote that, by the way. Anyway, it makes that point in two ways. First, our eternal salvation. So we see the rich man in Hades begging for a second chance, begging for someone to warn his brothers about what's awaiting them. The response is, let them listen to Moses and the prophets, because if they don't listen to them, they're not going to be convinced by someone rising from the dead. Now, if a previous ancestor had risen from the dead and came to me and said, Ben, heaven's great. You should start living your life a bit more generously and, you know, start giving out a bit more. I think I'd definitely take their advice. Sometimes I wish someone could come from the dead and warn me not to start supporting Charlton because that has brought me only misery through my lifetime. 
But the challenge from this passage is to believe what scripture says. Um, and it says, you know, that's why it says elsewhere, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jago spoke last week on doubting Thomas, who needed the physical demonstration before he believed. But as Jesus said in that passage, blessed are those who haven't seen yet believed. So amazingly, we today have not just Moses and the prophets, but we also have the biographical accounts of someone actually rising from the dead. Jesus, the founder and finisher of our faith. So what more reason do we need to hold fast to our faith? So that's our eternal salvation. That's the first bit. But we can also look at what this passage says about God's eternal justice. I think this is the bit that's really challenging, but also really comforting. Um, And again, we see here the idea that our decisions in life have eternal consequences and that we don't get a second shot at it. So how should that change our actions? Well, if we read it as the rich man, this passage is a wake-up call. It's implied from this that in life he walked past Lazarus every day and didn't give him a crumb from his table, never stopped to help. Maybe he was distracted by the work he had to complete or by the party he was setting up for that night. But there's a reason Jesus said it's harder for a camel to jump through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to reach the kingdom of God. I think that's the phrase. Because wealth and success can be really distracting. But if he was given a second chance, how differently do you think he'd have lived his life, this rich man? We all have ways, I think, in which life has dealt us a good hand. Maybe it was loving parents, savings in our accounts, a stable job, um, an appearance or a way of speaking that makes it easy for us to fit in. There's been a lot in the media recently about privilege, and I think that's a really healthy conversation to be having. Jesus's point here isn't that we should just abandon those things out of guilt. They're gifts, and therefore he doesn't want us to throw them back at him. But he doesn't want them to be distractions from serving the marginalised and building his kingdom, because the implications, as we see here, are pretty big. And then if we (coughs) flip the script around and we look at this from Lazarus's point of view, I think this passage can be a real source of comfort. It can help us cope with the unfairness of life, because those who are dealt a bad hand in life will be front of the queue in eternity. The last shall be first. And it's why we have hope for those who have suffered for years or even decades at the hand of illness or racism or domestic violence or addiction. And it's why we have hope for people who maybe find themselves unemployed after their jobs just disappeared over the night or homeless because their documentation just expired and disappeared. Because God is going to make all things new. And if you put your faith in him... He's going to redeem and repay everything that has been suffered in this life. I think that's really comforting. Um, As the saying goes, life's not fair, but God is. That's the really cool thing. Um, I just want to really quickly finish by um, sharing a story that happened a couple of days ago, just as I was preparing for this. I was sat having a coffee with George Clark, who many of you will know from this church. Um, And a lady came and sat with us and she was begging um, and asking for money and just something to drink. And we kind of got talking and she was pretty chuffed to hear that we were Christians, which isn't always the response, but she was really positive about it. Um, But the most powerful thing was that she then started recalling to us a few verses. And one of the ones was, you know, something very familiar, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. She got through that bit, but then said, whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. And as she said that bit, she just teared up and was so moved by it. And... 
when you think about it, for someone who's been as who's been dealt as bad a hand in life as she has, and I don't know her story, but what hope must come from the promise of eternal life and knowing that everything is going to be redeemed, that we can worship God free from suffering and vice and hostility when we're with him in eternity. I just think that's beautiful and it's a hope we all have this morning. It's confirmed in God's holy scriptures. So let's take him at his word. Let's try and use our privilege to serve others. And let's live as if every day in this life is a thousand day investment in the next one, because what we do here echoes in eternity. Today, Ben spoke on Luke 16, verses 19 to 31, about the rich man and the beggar. And today's prayer points were that we would use our own privileges to help others and also to take God at his word and to be obedient to him.